This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to The Stand with Amy Dunphy. Now in the United States, Trump is dominating everything this week. He had a massive fine, $355 million. It's to do with fraud. It's a civil case. He is claiming that he is being persecuted the same way that Alexei Navalny was persecuted by Vladimir Putin. I suppose there's some progress there because at least he admits that Navalny was persecuted. But otherwise, it's almost, well, it's hard to know what to say about it. But many of Trump's supporters argue that it was the judge, Arthur Ergeron, who was at fault. Nobody lost any money. And why is he being fined such a huge amount? To learn about that and other developments this week, including Tucker Carlson's continued love affair with Putin and Russia, we're joined by Niall Stanich. Niall is Associate Editor of The Hill, a respected Washington newspaper, and he's also White House columnist for The Hill. Niall, only one of Trump's many problems with the law was concluded this week. This was this massive fine. He doesn't have to pay it just yet. And in a piece I noted that you wrote, he appears to prosper every time he breaks the law and is held to account for doing so, and his polls are likely to go up. Well, it would seem that way based on the four criminal indictments that took place over the course of last year, after which his support in the Republican primary, at least, went up. There is some question mark over whether if one of those criminal cases resulted in conviction, it would uh, hamper him with the general election electorate. But this uh, ruling in the civil case was obviously a massive uh, ruling against him. Just to put it in some kind of context, basically the um, 
civil charge was that he was uh, inflating the value of his assets in order to get favourable terms on loans and then separately deflating the value of assets to save himself uh, his tax bills. More of the emphasis was on the first element, the inflation of assets to get favourable loans and uh, the judge calculated out by various means how much Trump had saved himself by these delusional estimates. And that's one of the reasons why the award is as massive as it is. Yes, and other Trump supporters argue that there was no victim. And that remark tends to be supported by Deutsche Bank, Mm. which were and have been his bankers for a very long time, I believe. They made no complaint about the conduct of Trump or indeed the Trump organization. Mm. And that, of course, is helpful to his claim of persecution. It is, yes, absolutely. He argues, uh, and he's justified, at least in this respect, that the loans were repaid, people made money on the deals, nobody had taken a complaint against him for this, certainly Deutsche Bank had not done so, and therefore Trump argues, well, nobody was hurt, so what's the problem? The uh, counter-argument is that the state of New York, and it was the Attorney General in New York State who spearheaded this case, has an interest in maintaining the integrity of the financial system, that you just can't be having people uh, picking uh, figures out of thin air to support loans or to support other elements of the financial system. Not least because if that were to become endemic, you would then be back into the situation where banks and the solvency of banks would be endangered because they would be holding dodgy loans or loans that were not sufficiently backed by collateral. Now, the New York Attorney General, Leticia James, who is a Democrat, is a long-term enemy of Trump's and a public enemy of his as well. She claims that Deutsche Bank lost out almost $170 million in interest because of Trump's false assertions. But it does appear from this and other criminal and civil cases he's been involved in one involving rape and sexual assault. E. Jean Carroll was the victim, and that case was kind of decided a few weeks ago, that there is a part of America that Trump reaches that doesn't really care about Mm. the state, the law particularly, and believe that it doesn't apply to this political martyr, Donald Trump. Yeah, I think they have a fundamentally different view of the justice system. They take him at his word that he is being uh, victimized for political reasons, that he is being pursued excessively in ways that other people would not be because he is standing up against the system. Now, that is an argument that you can make in the civil fraud case, I think, where you can argue it one way or another whether a non-political individual who'd engaged in that behaviour would be uh, prosecuted and would be fined to the extent to which Trump has been fined. It's obviously much, much harder to make that argument. Say, for example, in the civil case involving E. Jean Carroll, where he was found liable for uh, sexual abuse, sexual battery, or, for that matter, 
in some of the criminal cases looming against him. Um, just to take one, which we haven't spoken about quite so much recently, Eamon, the Mar-a-Lago documents case where yes. there were classified documents at his Florida resort. And knowing that the authorities were seeking them, he, um, he tried to... Uh, um, uh, hide them. I mean, that is fairly classic obstruction, which if his conduct is as it is alleged, would be very, very uh, serious. Yes, and he encouraged others who were working for him, two in particular who have been indicted, I believe, to hide evidence and tell lies. Yes, I mean, that's the allegation. Obviously, Trump denies wrongdoing and it is yet to come to trial, but that's the allegation, yes. Now, to go to Another and more important, one of the things that's worth noting, I think, for an Irish audience or a European audience, Trump called the prosecutor here, Leticia James, a totally corrupt attorney general. This is a, a feature of the cases he is involved in. He called Jack Smith, some appalling name. Jack Smith is prosecuting him for January 6th and obstruction of justice. It's a case that may go to the Supreme Court, may not. That's a decision the Supreme Court have to make, and they have to make it pretty shortly. He attacks people trying to do their lawful duty with venom and calls them corrupt with impunity, it appears. Is this American or is this highly unusual? If you did that here, for example, as I'm sure you know, or indeed anywhere else in a legally civilized society, you'd be mm. put into prison for contempt of court. Yes, and that is, uh, I think, surprising or certainly a point of contention in terms of the statements that Trump has made against uh, various judges, various prosecutors for several years. I mean, it does seem like contempt on its face. He has been warned and admonished in several cases about that tendency. I think if we were to take a sort of a real politic view of the justice system here. It really is, I think, a question where people are fearful of martyring Trump or of giving him cause to present himself even more as even more of a martyr than he already does. There is also the complication here that because freedom of speech is written into the Constitution, um, there, which is a good thing, of course, there is a um, battle or a tug of war as to whether his free speech rights as a presidential candidate surmount or transcend the right of the justices and prosecutors not to be sort of randomly insulted by a defendant. Yes. And so the question of under what guise Trump is speaking becomes sort of legally complicated. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, 
relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Okay, if we move on now to the, the wider picture of the presidential race and Joe Biden in particular has had another extremely patchy week in terms of his appearance, his very visible lack of energy now, comparing him to Bernie Sanders, who was around here this week and looked, you know, fit as a flea and robust in a way that Biden hasn't looked for a long time. You wonder, is this man fit to do the job and how compromised is he now because of his support for the Israeli government run by Benjamin Netanyahu, which is really a seriously right-wing government doing and saying the most appalling things. And he's right in there with them. Mm. And the United States blocked a ruling at the UN this week, which was really quite shocking to see. Mm -hmm. So the age question, of course, is a massive one, and there are real problems for Biden in that respect. And we have talked before about how polling demonstrates very clearly that concerns about Biden's age and about Biden's capacity to serve a second term effectively go beyond just the, the lines of Republican voters or right-leaning independents. There are a lot of Democrats who are genuinely worried about Biden's yes. age. As for the Israel and the Palestinians question, Clearly, that is very damaging and divisive within the Democratic Party, where sympathy split overall about 50-50 between Israel and the Palestinians. Republican voters are much more um, emphatically or almost uniformly pro-Israel. And interestingly, Eamon, and I know we spoke about this uh, all fair slightly, there will be a test of exactly the point that you make in the political sense, next week, when it's the Michigan Democratic primary. Now, Biden faces only token opposition from actual people, but in Michigan, you can vote uncommitted. And a uh, congresswoman from Michigan, Rashida Tlaib, has 
called on people to do that as a way of demonstrating displeasure with Biden's policies on Israel and the assault on Gaza. Uh, Congresswoman Tlaib has uh, relatives, I believe, I'm going from memory here, her grandmother still lives in the West Bank. She's certainly the only Palestinian-American in Congress right now. So that, I mean, I don't think the uncommitted line will win the primary, but it will be an indicator of uh, to what extent that discontent that you're referring to could be a really uh, yes. major problem for Biden. Yes, and you've reminded us before about the over 200,000 Arab Americans mm. who are deeply unhappy with what they're seeing. Just to move on slightly, if we take, for example, together, Trump's support of Putin, tacit and explicit, he can do whatever the hell he wants to NATO members, for example, which is very recent. His associate, Tucker Carlson, eulogizing Russia this week whilst they are murdering Alexei Navalny. And also, if you were to take what Israel is doing in terms of, as many people believe, this is a mass punishment, collective punishment, that is a war crime. It is also in the, on the West Bank ethnic cleansing. Are we in, in a place now, taking Trump and Biden, where the United States of America is effectively supporting war criminals in Israel, where the murder of a dissident in Moscow is okay with them, and where really the West, as we've known it, is an alien place to them. America, the United States of America, in a Biden presidency, a Democratic presidency, has gone rogue. Isn't going rogue. It actually has gone rogue. It's vetoing the United Nations. Well, I mean, I, I completely take the point. I would say that the United States has quite a long record of vetoing United Nations resolutions when it comes to Israel and, in fact, has been regarded as the um, defender of Israel against the quote-unquote international community a lot of the time. Now, the grotesque events in Gaza and the appalling loss of life there. And Biden's support for it has certainly uh, uh, outraged a lot of people on the left and a lot of younger voters. It is worth emphasizing, Eamon, as I think we have done before, just how different the center of political gravity here is in the United States on that broad Israel v. the Palestinians yes. question, as opposed to how it is in uh, Ireland or in most of Western Europe. And indeed, when you look at the population at large here, it is still more supportive by a significant margin than of, of Israel than it is of the Palestinians. Now, the Putin-Navalny uh, and Putin's general despotism um, is uh, a, an issue where Republicans of a particular ilk, a particular Trumpian or isolationist ilk, have sort of um, 
in effect sought to um, mitigate or downplay Trump's, uh, Putin's authoritarian tendencies um, for reasons that are not I would say terribly clear, honestly. Uh, I mean, you one could argue, of course, that Trump is in some way compromised. That has always been the allegation, but it has never been proven beyond doubt. And, you know, someone like Tucker Carlson going over and giving this rather propagandistic uh, account, of, not just of Putin, but of Russian society, was very odd. It then, the the death of, of Navalny happened only a day or two afterwards, and Carlson was saying that no decent person would support that, blah, blah, blah. But the the way that a sort of um, combination of isolationism, uh, an idea that there's sort of an uh, ultra-nationalism, and, and uh, I suppose you would say an, oppo- an opposition to so-called wokeness, yes. are all sort of woven into this admiration of strong men, um, Putin, um, Viktor Orban in, in Hungary and, and others. That's all, I suppose, part of the same big picture. Right. To move on to the Jack Smith obstruction of justice case, which revolves around Trump's behavior on January the 6th. Mm. This is at an important moment now, isn't it? Because Jack Smith has moved quickly and he wants to obviously get the case on. And it's it's actually slated, I believe, for March 4th. But... He has moved a motion to the Supreme Court on the question of whether or not Trump, who was president on January the 6th, or arguably was, he's arguing that he was, can be indicted. That's something that the Supreme Court is going to have to either rule on or send it back to the lower court and therefore the trial will begin quicker. Yes, that's that's broadly right. The, the issue is that Trump, an appeals court ruled against Trump. Trump is arguing that he is immune from prosecution for actions taken while he was president, and his legal team appears to believe or appears to be arguing that that should be a blanket immunity. In fact, at one of the hearings, they were asked, are, one of the lawyers for Trump was asked, are you arguing that if a president used the special forces and SEAL teams, as they're called here, to assassinate a political opponent, that he could not be prosecuted for it. And the lawyer, after a bit of hemming and hawing, essentially said yes. Um, So that the the president would, would be immune unless they had previously been impeached and convicted by the Congress. So that is the fundamental question that is uh, at issue. The appeals court has ruled against Trump. Trump is now appealing to the Supreme Court. Um, the, the trial, one way or another, won't start as early as March the 4th because yes. it will just be pushed back to some degree. The question is to what degree? If the Supreme Court just says nothing to do with us, that means the lower court's ruling stands and Trump is not immune and would face a trial. If the Supreme Court takes the case, then we don't know exactly how long that would take. And of course, then it would be they would be the ultimate arbiters over whether Trump is immune from prosecution or not. Yes, because they will have to spend whatever time they consider necessary to deliberate on their judgment. Another issue arises about Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. This is an FBI witness or 
one of the people making allegations against them is, it appears, has been exposed as a Russian spy. Is that accurate? Linked, I would say linked to Russian intelligence would be, the allegation is not he's a spy per se, yeah. it's that he has a remarkably high number of contacts with Russian intelligence and they seem to be propagating things through him. And how damaging is that for Biden in a presidential year, just months from the vote, the idea that he may have taken, that Hunter Biden may have taken money and taken more money for his dad? When his father was vice president to Barack Obama. Ah, well, so just to be clear about what has emerged through this guy with links to Russian intelligence, this person, uh, and Mr. Smirnov, not like the vodka, but with an OV in his case, he was the source of the charge that Hunter Biden and Joe Biden had been bribed to the tune of $5 million each by this Ukrainian energy company. That is now accepted by the Department of Justice to be a fabrication. And the argument is that this was put forward either because this guy's just a Walter Mitty kind of character or because Russian intelligence was sort of stoking these kind of charges. Um, and so the ex apparent exposure of Mr. Smirnov, uh, who's now charged with making false statements, is good for President Biden, and I suppose for Hunter Biden, the Hunter Biden's business dealings are still shady. Um, but the development here is is an embarrassment for the Republicans and one that goes in the favour of the Bidens. Now, you're in South Carolina, Niall. There, Mr. Trump has primary business, and he's running against the former governor of South Carolina, who was his ambassador to the United Nations. And she announced yesterday that she was going to go all the way. Mm. She's expected to be hammered in South Carolina, but I suppose she's banking on something happening to Trump, and there are many things. If you look at all the court cases that could happen to him, and she'd be home and hose because, as you've told us and many others agree with you, she'd kill Biden if she was a Republican candidate. Yes, I think I think she would if she won the nomination. She she looks highly unlikely to to do that. I'm now, talking I, about Nikki Haley, of course. I should have mentioned. Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, former governor of South Carolina, former ambassador to the United Nations, who I all being well will be uh, listening to speak live in person in a couple of hours. I'm talking to you from from the roadside in Manning, South Carolina, and uh, she has a couple of events later today that uh, I'll be at. Um, she is uh, much more acceptable than Trump is to people in the middle ground, but much less popular with the Republican grassroots than Trump is. South Carolina is a fairly conservative state. She is down in primary polls by something of the order of 30 points. Most people, if they were facing a 30-point defeat in their home state, would, would pull the plug. She seems disinclined to do so. I mean, I, I certainly don't expect her to do so before Saturday, which is when the primary is. And she's suggesting that she will go on at a minimum to Super Tuesday on March the 5th. Yes. Um, it's very difficult to see how Nikki Haley becomes the Republican nominee, but she's uh, still in the race for the moment. Just a final question, Niall, given that you're on a South Carolina roadside. For once, I don't envy you. <laughs> <laughs> the question of Biden or someone else 
rather, running for the Democrats instead of Biden. Clearly, he's showing no signs of dropping out or being willing to drop out. But there must surely be, among senior members of the Democratic Party, those who would wish to have a candidate in better shape than Joe Biden appears to be. And I'm talking now principally about his health. Yes, there would. I mean, there are really real concerns in the Democratic Party about Biden's age, about his polling numbers, and about his vigor coming into what is going to be a months-long and very ferocious presidential election campaign. One thing that I suppose offers him a measure of protection is the fact that it's not really obvious who the compelling alternative Democrat who would somehow yes. sort of sweep to victory might be. The other thing that, that gives a measure of protection to Biden is it's very, very difficult to defeat an incumbent president within your own party. And in fact, it would almost be impossible at this stage for someone to get into the race in a serious way. He has some token opposition and they're going nowhere. Um, so the only real way that the scenario you're talking about happens is if Biden were to voluntarily withdraw, perhaps at the Democratic Convention, or if, and I mean, we don't wish this on anyone, of course, but if if he were to suffer some health event, yes. which would rule him out, then, of course, you'd be in a completely different universe. And just finally, there is talk of a third-party candidate, Robert Kennedy Jr., mm. who is an anti-vaxxer and is nothing like his illustrious father, who was assassinated, of course, in 1968, when he seemed mm. about to win the Democratic nomination, it's said he's making some progress. Could that be a game changer in that it would be Biden rather than Trump he would hurt? It could be a game changer, and it would appear that he hurts Biden slightly more than Trump. It's a complicated situation with RFK Jr. for a couple of reasons. One is it's difficult for third-party candidates to get on the ballot nationwide. It's a state-by-state -state process. You need to collect thousands of signatures, and it's all very cumbersome. The other thing is, I mean, you mentioned Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s sort of hostility or skepticism of, of vaccines. That's part of a broad picture in which he's sort of generally quite a maverick type of character, some of whose policy positions have more in common with Republicans than with Democrats. So, he would probably hurt Biden a bit more than he would hurt Trump, but it's not absolutely cut and dried the way it would be if, say, well, you mentioned Bernie Sanders earlier. If yes. Bernie Sanders ran as an independent, he would clearly hurt Biden far more than Trump. Yes. Um, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is a bit of a different scenario than that. Okay, Niall, we're very grateful to you for joining us this week from South Carolina. We're very grateful to always, every week, and he'll be taking us all the way to November. Please, God. We're grateful to Niall, to all of you for listening. That's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.